Boom! All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's prepare to be deeply moved and inspired by an incredible journey of our guest today. His story is a testament to the power of resilience and determination. So let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you. And welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, business bros. Today we have an extraordinary guest whose life is short, uh, whose life story is nothing short of a miracle. Against all odds, he emerged from the brink of death to achieve remarkable success in multiple fields, from surviving a devastating accident with a 100% mortality rate to becoming a loving husband, father, and successful entrepreneur. Our guest's journey is a testament to the indomitable human spirit. Get ready to be inspired. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Anthony Rosano. All right, Anthony, thank you very much for being on the show today. Welcome aboard. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And what an introduction. I, You know, that was just outstanding. You got my vibes going, that's for sure. That's what it's all about, man. You got an incredible journey, and um, I'm gonna, I want to hear all about it. But first, I like to always start off with that obvious question. Everyone who's here is promoting something. There's something they do for a living that they're trying to get their message in front of people every single day. What is that for you? Well, I'm, I'm spreading a message of hope today. I'm spreading a message that that no matter how dark uh, times might be in your life, uh, where you are in your business, no matter how many doubts you might have, that there's always brighter days ahead and, and all things are possible. Uh, if you just uh, follow a simple plan that I have uh, written a book named Against All Odds, a, a story of faith courage and never giving up and it's doing real well it's on sale on amazon.com barnes and nobles walmart target and it's also on my website which is streaming below here and uh, i think if you read the story and you understand how how difficult my journey is and where we were and where we are today that it'll inspire you and give you hope that you could go uh where it is that you want to be in your life and in your business so so that's what i'm promoting here today Everybody is kind of freaked out about their own life situations. And the thing that you don't realize is that there are many other people around you, no matter what your situation is, that have it worse. I mean, I heard this thing where it's like there's 7 billion people on the planet. As long as you're not the 7th billionth one and you're somewhere above that, you're, there's always going to be somebody who has it worse off than you. And you should be grateful and appreciative of, of the life that you have. Um let me ask you, I'm just going to dive into your story, man. Uh, I, I know your target audience is pretty much anybody who's feeling that hopeful, hopeless situation. So tell me a little bit about your background. What happened to you that you had to overcome such tremendous adversity? Well, it, you reached me on the right day. Uh, today is Halloween Day uh, 2023, but it was on Halloween Day 1987 when I was uh, – getting ready for my Pop Warner Championship football game. And my buddies and I were fooling around in a way that we necessarily shouldn't have been. And there was gasoline involved and my buddy flicked a match. And the next thing I knew, my body was on fire. Uh, 
Uh, it went from just a normal day getting ready to to play ball that night under the hallowed grounds at Taggart Stadium under the lights for the first time uh, to a situation where I was on fire literally from my ankles to my to all my legs to my all over my jacket. I was a ball of flames and uh, your life changes that quick on a moment of the decision. And, and it, you know, I, I ran out of my garage as a ball of flames. My, my neighbors saw me and and they got an army blanket and they covered me and and uh, and they put out the flames. And in just a short time, probably 90 seconds or a minute, my life had changed forever. And I was taken by life flight or helicopter, Angel One life flight helicopter to West Penn Hospital, where the doctor said that if I lived for a day, I would die in three days. If I lived for three days, I would die in three weeks. I had my last rites given to me three different times. And, uh, and, you know, by the grace of God, even though I was told my family was told to make funeral arrangements, uh, the medical science turned out to be incorrect. But the faith of God ended up carrying us through. And uh, and just three years later, I was back on the football field. Six years later, I was the starting outside linebacker for my high school football team. And uh, I, I reflected and had a lot of personal growth and self growth through the years. I look back and realize, wow. How did this all happen? How did I how did I get through those flames? How did I get through 43 surgeries? How did I get through 134 blood transfusions? How did this all happen? And I realized that it wasn't me. It was a spirit of God that carried me through. But that spirit of God still lived with me. It lived with me in my education. It lived with me in my business. It lived with me in my in my relationship with my wife, the ways that I raised my children. And there's a there's a practical way of, of doing it. I, now today, sir, I, I look at suffering as a blessing because the Lord never gives you anything that you can't that you can't handle. And so the more you suffer and the more that you go and the more obstacles in your way, that just says that you have a higher hill to climb and there's more people that you can affect and there's more people that you could touch in your journey. So I'm real happy to share this message of hope through my book and, and with you here. Uh, because we have a lot of lives that we need to change. Man, I mean, I can only see you from the waist up, but you don't look like you were burned for almost a minute, minute and a half, man. Oh, there's a little bit different, right? See, uh, yeah, arms, <laughs> arms, legs, totally different. But I mean, for the most part, you you look pretty well intact. Not like somebody who who totally went down. Dude, I don't know about you, but I touched the oven for like a quick second. And it is immense pain to be on fire for like more than a couple seconds. I mean, that could have been devastating. What what does one do to kind of recover from that mentally? Walk me through like your mindset while you're in pain in the hospital, laying up, trying to recover to like, you know, like I told you, I got high school seniors here to being 17 years old later on playing high school football and getting ready to graduate. What was, what's that mentality like? Well, I have scars, full thickness burns all over my legs, chest, back. If you see me at the swimming pool, you wouldn't believe it. It's, uh, it's something, but I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty handsome these days. I like to joke around and say, look, I'm the most handsome burn guy on the planet. Look at me, you know, I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed, but you know what it's like in all seriousness, uh, it's just like going through any change in your life, you know. Um, I, I oftentimes talk about people who've gone through uh, a relationship where where they met somebody and they fell in love and they were changed in that relationship. And then that person might have left them. And then one day they wake up and they look in the mirror and, 
and they don't see themselves the same as before they got in that relationship. You know, they changed. Uh, I think about people who suffered an addiction and, and they went ahead and, and they started it, it doing something that they necessarily shouldn't have. And then they lost weight and they battled and they battled the, the demons within them. And then they wake up one day and they look different. And it, just the same as as I did when after I was burned, the first day that I stepped onto the floor after I had some really near-death experiences, there was blood coming behind me. There was a trail of blood, and it was the first time I got to see my face, and I lost 30 or 40 pounds, and my complexion was was fair, and my hair was no longer dark, and I looked myself in the mirror, and, and I didn't recognize myself. Well, I didn't recognize myself because I had changed. Okay, I didn't recognize myself because the old me was gone. So the metaphor for life is that I did have to learn to relove myself. I had to learn to see myself as more than just my appearance. I had to look within my soul and see that the same person was still there, but I looked a lot different. And so you recognize that there's a, a there's two things that are going on in your life. There's there's the there's the exterior that everybody can see, and then, then there's the interior with no one has a chance to see. And it's that soul, that drive, that passion, whatever you want to call it, that is going to help you to heal, to help you to go where you want to be in life. And you can channel that energy, that change, that new person that you want to become. You could become that through your business enterprise. You could become that through your athletic endeavors. You could become that through anything that you want. In every experience, you're going to stand up and you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say to yourself, I look different than when I started this fight. I look different than who I was before because I am different. Because before this fight, I was just a child. And now today, I've had uh, the opportunity to that my life was saved and I could share that message and I've, and it's a, it's a really special thing. So, so that's kind of how, how it feels when you look at yourself for the first time. I can't hear you. Writing a book and selling a book are always two different things. I feel like uh, for the most part, there are people who are great writers, but best-selling authors are are a completely different breed. There's something that it takes for for somebody to be able to sell a book over and over and over again. And part of it is connecting with people. Part of it is making making your story felt, make them feel something. What's been your experience like as an entrepreneur uh, selling your story to people? Uh, and I, I feel like on the one hand, I'm saying the word selling, but on the other hand, it's not really, it's more like sharing an experience. But what, what's been like for you being a best-selling author and, and trying to get a book message out? Well, it's it's been very humbling being a best-selling author, I, I will tell you. So essentially what I, what I will say is that whenever you start writing a book, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to tell not only the side of you that is heroic and the side of your heroism, but you have to be able to share the parts of you that that are weak, okay? The parts of you that that failed. You know, I, I often say that the first time I, I played in a, a football game, an organized football, after I was uh, after I was burned out as coach, is a great guy. His name was Denny Floor, and they got down to the one yard line. Okay, and I was a ninth grader. And at the time that I was a ninth grader, I was the feel good story. I was the kid that they had on the team that had a disability, but no one really thought that I was going to be a major contributor. 
And the first time I got that ball, I was running towards the end zone, a one yard line, and they just didn't open it up and let me go. And there was nothing there. And I ducked my head into the line. And as I hit that line, I fumbled. Hmm. Okay. So, so my success was not in the fact that I got that ball and I scored that touchdown, but every person can understand that you fell along the way. Okay. The stepping stones for success, stepping out of that hospital, it wasn't once that adversity was over that I was done having to climb a mountain. Because when I was back on that field, I fumbled and said, people said, you know, you shouldn't have gave him the ball. He's not going to be able to make it. The naysayers were out there saying this isn't going to be possible to happen. And so you just have to understand that your journey in life and connecting in that journey in life. But three years later, I was a starting outside linebacker. I had six or seven sacks and made game-saving plays, and I just kept fighting. So the process of, of, of selling my book, I don't even look at it that way. I've given away books because I want to inspire people. But I think that everybody needs to read my story and understand that I'm going to, by reading it, you're going to meet me somewhere along the way, and you're going to say, wow, if this person went from this to that, if there's that blessing and you're just honest with yourself and you forgive your circumstances and you forgive what you laid, what led you there and you even forgive yourself and you start looking for a new tomorrow, when you look back at all the things that you've overcome, when you look back at all the steps that you made, you're going to be proud of the person that you're that's on the way. Because if God creates that miracle in your life to get you from where you were to where you are, he's not stopping here. He's going to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And so I inspire people to, to take a look at my journey and to read my book because it's going to send you that message. It's going to give you that courage. It's going to inspire you to get where you want to be. And you're going to believe in yourself. And that's, uh, and that's how I do it. That's how I talk about it. Now, normally I, uh, I ask entrepreneurs about some of the biggest mistakes they've made and how what lessons they learned and how they overcome them but for you i feel like it's it's a little bit different because you've already had such big issues come up in your life that i'm, I'm kind of wondering how you approach some of the everyday problems that you have whether it's in your business or in your life because on the one hand none of those are ever going to really compare to being laid up and facing death on a uh, on the hospital bed. But at the same time, you're still human. You're still going to run up against the wall sometimes and you're going to have issues, whether on the business side or on the personal side. How do you approach problems or some of those mistakes you make along the way uh, and kind of reframe them so that you stay positive? Because I know being, I'm a pretty positive person myself. But it doesn't happen every single day. There's always ups and downs still. There's no doubt. And, and that's 100% that's of the truth. So uh, here's the way I like to look at it. The person who thinks that they arrived, that they are where they're going to be, that's the person who is next in line to fail. The truth of the matter is that successful people fail every day. We fell in our personal lives. We fell in our business lives. We fell every single day. And anybody who says anything different is a liar. 
The truth is that if you're going to be successful in business, you got to surround yourself with the right people. There's been times where I was surrounded by the wrong people. There's been times where I was the wrong person and I had to look and be introspective and say, what is wrong with me? What did I, what was my mistake in that situation? How can I grow? And when you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to look at yourself and you say, you have to check your own work. You have to check your own behavior. You got to check your own strategies. Because if you can't check yourself, then somebody else is going to have to check you. And that's the key. The key to self-employment, the key to being a leader is that you have to learn how to check yourself. Now, in terms of, of, of how we solve problems, here's what we do. Every single day, we have several sets of problems. We have normal problems. We have non-abnormal uh, problems. And we have problems that you know are could be potentially tragic. Now, Normal problems are problems that we have just dealing with uh, waking up, being on time, serving our customers' needs, making sure that uh, our products are up to date and, and that we're being competitive in the marketplace. These are normal problems that every business person has. Abnormal problems are, are problems that are a little more extensive. Uh, people didn't show up. We're understaffed today. Um, the bank loan didn't come through. We don't have the ability to finance our inventory. Um, the delivery didn't come. And now I don't have the ability to fulfill my promises to my customers. These are abnormal problems. Um, now, in a prob and then we have extraordinary problems where we're dealing with uh, legal and regulatory issues or, 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 or items that are beyond our control. And the way that you have to prioritize your problems is you solve the most the most challenging problems first, then you solve abnormal problems second, and then you prioritize your normal problems third. Because if you have an, a, a legal or regulatory problem in your business, you can't go do customer service that day. You have to address that legal regulatory problem that you have there. You got to make sure that it's being handled appropriately and you got to move on to the next thing. If you have an abnormal problem where you're understaffed that day, you got to put your apron on, so to speak. You got to get on the front line and know every job that's there and you got to be able to work every position in your business. That's an abnormal problem. If the banking's not right, you have to figure out how to get another banking partner. You got to solve problems of transit and logistics. You have to be in the fight with your people. When you have an abnormal problem, you're the one resolving it. And the normal problems are the good days. The normal problems where you just have a customer who's complaining and you get to talk to on the phone. The normal problem is when you just have to hand out those paychecks that seem like they're a little more than you should be paying, but you got to be thankful for those people who work for you. You know, and so we prioritize our problems from from tragedy, from tragic and, and business ending type of problems to abnormal to normal problems. And that's how we solve them every day. I love that it, you're you're breaking it down into the kind of the reality that we face. There's some things that are urgent, some things that are not so urgent, some things that are going to weigh on you. And if you don't handle them or tackle them right away, they're going to continue to weigh on you and really drag you down over a long period of time. So prioritizing those things and getting them done definitely helps one kind of uh, clear the path. And you're right. The fires are never going to get all put out. There's still going to be a lot of issues that happen uh, along the way, but you're prioritizing those and making them uh, go away little by little. And then uh, on some days you're going to find out that it's all good. Everything you've done has been put in place and, and you're, and you're rocking and rolling. 
you've been able to meet and talk to a lot of different people, so many different people, whether you meet them in person or they've read your book and you've connected. Um, uh, are there any stories that kind of stick out in your mind where you realize that, man, I, I went through some stuff, but me sharing this has helped transform this person's life as well. Do you have any stories like that? Absolutely. You know, I, I was on the phone, uh, uh, somebody that read my book called me and, um, and we had a chance to talk and he grew up in a middle-class neighborhood with a beautiful family. And, uh, and one night he was at a wedding, okay, where there was a great celebration and he was drinking with his friends and somebody passed around, they started passing around pills. This was like 1999. Okay. Nobody knew of the opiate epidemic in 1999 in small towns around the country. So they took, they took a pill and they drank a beer. And the next thing they found was that they took heroin and they had an addiction problem and they took heroin in pill form. And the next thing they found is, is their life started spiraling and and they went down a path that you would have never expected this person to go. And they went from living in a beautiful neighborhood to living out of a trash bag, sleeping on the street, trying to get their next fix. But then he woke up about two years later after going through all that, after stealing from his mom, after after letting his whole family down, after 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 all the wrong things happened. And he went back and. And he looked himself in the mirror and he didn't recognize himself. And he said, you know, when you told me you didn't recognize yourself in that book, is that hit home hard. And, you know, but his journey was he went back and got on his feet. He got clean and sober, got his degree in business administration, got a master's degree in business administration. Now he's a top six figure earner, married for 10 years. He counsels other people on drug addiction and abuse. And he has a wonderful life where he does good things for good people. And he identified himself in my story. And that was just so powerful of a connection to recognize, you know. And then I talked to, I do some work in athletics and I talked to some of my friends who have made it a lot further along in their athletic career than I have. And they grew up in, in uh, very modest means and, and had situations where they didn't have the ability to have the new tennis shoes that they wanted. They didn't have the finances to, to really have all the best equipment. But, you know, their mom believed in them and their dad believed them and, and they believed in themselves. And they just wanted to get out of the, the poverty that they were living in. And so they had to work every day at nine and 10 and 11 and 12 years old. And people told them that their dreams were never going to happen because so many young kids have dreams, but they kept fighting through. And after they fought through, they became a star in their athletic uh, program in high school and got a scholarship to, to play ball in, in college and got a break and somebody supported them. And now they're playing in the pros. And they said, you know, I was never burned the way that you were, but I did have many nights without dinner. They said, I was never suffering from what you did. But, you know, there was a night when I was walking down the street and I wasn't bothering anybody. And the police came and picked me up and asked me what I was doing out here. They made me feel like a criminal, even though I did nothing wrong. He said, they said there was nights that, that I was treated unfair and people didn't believe in me. And, and they wouldn't give me a starting job on this team because the coach's son was there. And even though I was better, I didn't have a chance but I kept persisting through and I made it. And now 
I'm able to buy my mom a new home. Now I'm able to, to set my family up for generations. And that's a beautiful thing because if you could find through my story, tragedy and triumph, you will see that my situation's no different than yours. And it's a beautiful thing. It might be, it, you might never have been on fire, but guess what? After you read it, you're going to be on fire because you're going to be excited about your future. And that's a, and that's a, and that's a very beautiful thing sharing these stories with you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all going through something and, and we need that inspirational story because sometimes you wake up on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning and you just don't feel like going through your day. But hearing somebody else kind of push through uh, gives me that motivation to, to kind of keep going, especially when you have people that are, are watching you or depending on you or looking up to you um, for that inspiration. It, it does give you that fuel that you need to keep going. Um Anthony, if, if people want to find out more information about you, maybe hire you to speak, maybe bring you on their podcast, maybe even get a copy of your book, um, how could they do that? Oh, you can visit my website at www.anthonyrazano.com. That's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-R-A-Z-Z-A-N-O.com. Or you could call me, at, you know, my, my, my business line, 724-654-8970. You could uh, shoot me off an email, anthony at rosanoconsulting.com, and, uh, and we'll connect. We'll have a great time. Dude, Anthony, thank you very much for being on the program today, man. What's the, what's the vision of where you see yourself in your future? I've always heard that saying that a sick man only wants one thing, and that's to get healthy. And a healthy man wants a lot of different things in life. What is it that you see for your vision of your future? Right now, I'm called to do something different than I ever have been before. And I'm called to, to go out there and share that, that this life that we're in right now, this world that we're in right now, we got to quit pointing a finger at each other. We got to quit being on the other, uh, on opposite sides uh, in opposite teams. I mean, there's people right now suffering in, in the Middle East. And I don't know who's right or wrong. I don't possess that wisdom. Okay. But I know they've been fighting for 2000 years and we got to get that to stop. There's people fighting in Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, I have some opinions, but I really don't know who's right or wrong. I don't know what happened there, but I know that there's been a lot of death on all these sides and we got to stop fighting with one another. There's people in the United States who who are are always looking at, at, at being on one side of a party or another side of a party. But we are one United States of America and we have to look at it and we got to quit fighting with each other. And we got to quit it with this cancel culture where if somebody makes a mistake, they're done for their life because we are human beings. And as part of our flesh, as part of who we are, we're going to make mistakes. So if all we do is cancel everyone who makes a mistake, then we're all canceled. So I'm out here to spread a message that I, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not a guy who doesn't sin. I struggle every single day. I've been through some of the hardest things that you could ever face in life. I've been through negative situations and I've been through parental divorce and I've been through times of living in poverty and not being able to pay the bills. I've been through it all and we need each other. I need a mentor, but I also want to be a mentor. So rather than starting and looking at people who you could cancel, why don't you reach down and pick somebody up rather than criticizing someone for where they are? Let's Let's go there together as a community and a society. Let's let's start taking steps in that direction. So what I'm here to do is I'm here to inspire people. I'm here to tell people my story. I'm here to tell people that 
We need to walk back to a simpler place in time where we're arm in arm and believing in each other, where we're looking for the good things in this world together. So I'm going to try to spread this message of hope all over the world. I'm going to try to spread it through my speaking. I'm going to try to spread it through my book. And I'm going to try to spread it through podcasts and other types of media because I think it's a message that people need to hear. So that's where I'm spending my time. And I'm not spending it so that I get attention. That's not my thing. I'm called here to do this. This this happened to me. I didn't call out for it. And so now I want to spread a little bit of that goodness with others and, and hopefully make a difference in a positive way. Well, I can tell you're doing a great job of that. And your message is clear. It's concise. It's a it's powerful. It's loving. It's all, all the good things that we want in this world. So thank you very much for coming on the show today, Anthony. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, his website scrolling across the bottom. AnthonyRosano.com. AnthonyRosano.com. Make sure you pick up a copy of his book. And I mean... Anthony, kudos to you, man, overcoming some insurmountable odds in life. And then you're here sharing it with people and helping them get over some of the some of the insurmountable feelings that they have in their day to day. So thank you very much for coming on the show, for spreading that positivity. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.